0: Listening to
1: Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara, And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about helping bookstores during this COVID-19 crisis. It's a crisis, y'all. We gotta gotta figure this out. (laughs) But first, what are you reading, Bria? Uh, So the day we're recording this, it's the day of my book club. So yesterday, or two days ago, I finished um, The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. I am so interested in your thoughts on this because I really like this book. Yeah, what a weird book to read during quarantine, <laughs> um, for fucking sure. Because uh, it is a dark, dark book. Um, so I I did something kind of interesting. I in, I listened to um I listened to about the first part of it, maybe the first half. Um, and then my I, my li- my Libby was gonna expire, so I went ahead and and checked it out from the library, and I read the second half, which was really interesting. You listen um, to this on audiobook. That's too scary, Bria. I, well, someone uh, in my book club suggested I do that because he reads it. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I Interesting. didn't realize that I was listening to it out loud, and uh, my partner walked in the room and he was like, <laughs> That's William Peter Blatty's voice, and I was like, "What?" Because I hadn't even put it together that it was him, and that was why she yeah. told me to listen to it. I think I like wasn't paying attention. Um, I had no idea what's he like as a narrator. Great, wonderful. Well, he's very familiar yeah. with the book, which is great, uh, <laughs> and he does a lot of good voices, and he knows all of the accents. Like he was just he just did a really good job. Like I was. They do a creepy demon voice. Um, he did a creepy demon voice, and then at one point he had to do the little girl voice, and he like they like sped. It was his voice, but they sped it up. Oh. So that was interesting. Um, wow. and, then, and then I read the second half. I will say, like, it's good both ways. I kind of, I mean, for me, I probably would prefer to have read the whole thing. But I did, I get a lot of, I got a lot out of it. And then I watched the movie that night. I've had an exorcist full weekend. Um, wow. But enjoyed Ready it, to fight some demons. Enjoyed it a lot. It was really, it was scary. Something about listening to it on an audiobook made it a little less scary. I think, because oh, you have to pay I attention. Would, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I would be too, that, that would make me... I don't know. I feel like it would make me more scared. My first encounter with The Exorcist ever was one time my mom had, when I was a little kid, had left it on and was playing on TV. And I was ho- like, after she left and I was home alone. And all of a sudden I heard that scene at the end where they're like casting the demon out. Sorry, mm. spoilers for The Exorcist. <laughs> and I walked in the room and I was like, what the fuck? I was
1: so scared. Yeah. The movie is quite scary. Um, and the movie, it's much more about... The movie is much more about, if you don't know what The Exorcist about is about, which you may not, um, the movie is much more about the little girl and sort of her... her Like, it's about a girl's possession, right? But the book, it kind of goes much more into the priest who's sort of losing his faith through all of this. Um, but this, you know he's having a crisis of faith. And also it goes a lot into the detective. So the detective is like a main character and you get to kind of see it from his point of view. And I guess the sequels, the book sequels are more more about him, which I didn't realize. Um, Some people in my book club read Legion also, which is the next book, but I I did not. Uh, What are you reading, Mallory? Uh,
0: I am reading a very interesting book to read right now. It is uh, Jenny Offill's Weather. Uh, she's the one who wrote Department of Speculation a few years ago, is a really popular book. And this book is so, Bria, it's so interesting to read because I think it's the first book I've read that deals with the fall, like the emotional fallout of the 2016 election. Mmm, interesting. It's a really. Sm- this is a really small book. I showed you the last time we were recording. It's very oh, yeah. short. It's very, like very physically, like the print book is very physically small. And it's a story about a, a mom, she lives in New York City, she just has one kid, and she's married, and it's, like, right after the 2016, or Right, or it's, like, the first part of the book is, like, during the election, and just, like, her and her family dealing with these feelings of disbelief and fear, and, like, her, her and her husband sort of become obsessed with doomsday prepping, and, like, if they should, you know, move somewhere else, and she's... One of her side jobs is she answers letters for this doomsday podcast hmm. that is kind of run by her old mentor. And so she answers basically all her fan mail. So she's in this like weird doomsday prepper head mindset all the time. And it's just like her dealing with these like unhappiness in her life, but also these feelings of fear that we all dealt with after uh the 2016 election it I read it in like one sitting because it's super short it's really really good and the the writing style is fascinating because it's like this weird stream of consciousness it's like just her little her thoughts like one page will just have like <clears throat> five little paragraphs of like her thoughts but and it takes a little while to get into the groove of reading it but once you do it, it just speeds by it was it's really 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 good awesome so that is and
1: we don't have any updates from Sean we do not do not know what Sean is reading.
0: Uh, Ooh, we don't we know what
1: Sean's doing. Actually, he sent yeah. me a picture, a recipe for chickpea pasta. And I was like, "Will you make your own. And I was like, I don't have time for that. And he's like, you do have time for that. <laughs> that was Burn. the only update I've heard from him in a while. Burn from Sean. Uh, so I am reading uh, Weather by Jenny Offal. And I just read and listened to The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. So we want to take a moment to share some listener
0: feedback. Teresa wrote in, a while back, you had an author on to discuss their books. I thought the book sounded interesting and fun and decided to buy the first one. Lo and behold, once I went to my Audible to buy it, I discovered that I had already purchased and dumped the book about a year earlier. I started listening again, and the book hit me in a completely different way, and I loved it and ended up reading every single other book in its universe. So now when I dump a book, I look at it as, this is not the book for me right now, instead of toss this book into the sea, which (laughs) makes it easier to dump books that are not actively awful. I'm just not that into. I like that. I like
1: that mindset change. I do too. I also like, uh, like Teresa must live by the ocean to be able to toss the book into the sea because I like that. I kind, I, I have, I I'm trying to imagine like her...
0: And she's sitting in her bedroom, and her, she's like in a little like cabin right on the sea, and she just opens her window and throws it out, and <laughs> it like flies over the cliff and lands in the, wa- in the water. Right into the sea.
1: Um, Holland Ronan said, I wanted to share my favorite relaxing reading activity, building Lego sets. There's something meditative about sorting and connecting the bricks, paired with nice wine, bowl of snacks, short stories from LeVar Burton Reads, and you have a pe- perfect afternoon. One could uh, also listen to an audiobook, but I prefer short stories for relaxation time as audiobooks are for commuting cooking laundry etc i love this this what a fucking dream yeah i used to love
0: lego when i was a kid and i haven't played with lego in a really really long time and now i want to listen to an audio oh actually i couldn't do that because one of my cats would eat
1: would eat the lego Uh, oh um do you did you know if this person wrote this in before or after uh quarantine time this is post quarantine yeah this just seems like such a good quarantine activity
0: yeah this is where although I will say we're gonna we're gonna read out some um listener feedback because you know we didn't I didn't get it in time to do these two episodes, but we got a lot of feedback about book puzzles, so uh people are really, really into puzzles with book covers they sent us a lot of stuff on Twitter. they sent us a lot of stuff in the uh, in our inbox. We'll be sharing those in the future, and I feel like this is kind of in the same same vein as like doing puzzles as putting Lego sets together. yeah, definitely. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show, delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about helping bookstores during this COVID-19 crisis, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Video games. Video
0: games. Video By me, Kirk Hamilton, me, Jason Shire, and me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye. week, we're going to talk about how to help bookstores during this pandemic nightmare. Bookstores and authors are having a tough time right now because many of them are across the country are closed. And the business of being a bookseller is pretty abysmal right now. And there's a lot of comic book shops and bookstores that might never reopen. How do you help? We have a bunch of ways.
1: I did a little research on what is selling at bookstores right now because I was curious about this. So um, when the quarantine started happening, I was like, what do I want to read? And I was like, you know what? I want to read some books about about viruses i want to read books about pandemics and then then i went to the library and every virus pandemic illness related book had a super long hold time so i realized every other person also had the exact same idea um so then i got got curious about what was selling during this time and um and uh of course they made there's been lists um According to a Forbes article um, who that interviewed a bunch of bookstores, they're saying that um, it's a lot of new books. It's a lot of the stuff that like people are reading about in newsletters, So, yeah. which is helpful. It means that those newsletters are useful. Um, so The Glass Hotel, The Splendid and the Vial, um, Hitting a Straight Lick with a Crooked Stick by Zora Neale Hurston. The things that people will be talking about like anyway and we're looking forward to coming out, which is, makes me just love book people because – Book people like people who read books because it's just like, yeah, of course, they're excited for those books. And of course, they're still going to buy them, even though there's a pandemic happening. Um, But people are the best people, the best people. But also, as I suspected, flu books, very popular. The best selling one seems to be one which I wanted to read. But there is I am not joking. I think it's like a. Like a sixteen-week wait or something at the library. It's called "The Great Influenza: The Story of the Deadliest Pandemic in History" by John M. Barry about the um, the flu of nineteen eighteen. Um, my mom read it a while ago. She loved it. Listen, John, John M. Barry, if you'd like to come on this show, we are interested <laughs> in having you because I am wondering how much how, what your spike in sales was after this because I think it was probably a ton. I would- Probably huge.
0: Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he made onto uh, that book got onto some of the bestseller lists yeah. in the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, also, bookstores are saying uh, they are selling out of puzzles because a lot of bookstores you can buy stuff from which we're about to talk about, and the people are buying puzzles from their bookstores, so they're trying to keep them in stock. But that's definitely something else they're selling a lot of. It's a, good, it's a good time
0: to be a puzzle salesman right now, be a puzzle really company. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the old pu- door-to-door puzzle salesman. That, <laughs> that, that, uh, that's kind of gone out of fashion. You know, you and kind of you're like, look, we got your 500 pieces. We got your 1,000 pieces. Have you heard of 3D puzzles? Yeah, that's right. It's the future, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Man, you remember when 3D puzzles first came out and everyone was like, oh, wow, but then nobody ever did them? No one got it. No,
1: I've never done one. No one
0: wants to do a 3D puzzle. It seems
1: so hard. Like puzzles I feel like 3D, are already hard. Puzzle
0: 3D puzzles is like the worst aspects of both puzzles and Lego. Like yeah. it is
1: <laughs> It's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. Someone's not going to agree with you, but I totally agree. Oh, we're definitely from the three
0: there's going to be at least one person who every episode we get, there's at least one person that's like, listen. Listen.
1: 3D puzzles <laughs> are my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I am a 3D puzzle. I am. I was born a 3D puzzle, and I gave birth to three 3D puzzles, and now we're a family. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) uh so also during this episode we're going to be
0: talking mostly about financial ways to help stores uh, if you aren't able to swing buying books right now we get it things are really rough financially for a lot of people uh but you can also help stores for free by signal boosting their promotion efforts on social media signing up for their newsletters downloading their podcasts uh, check out their websites and see what they've got to support there's a lot of ways that you can help for free so you don't add, you know that obviously Books aren't cheap, especially if you're buying new hardcover books. We, we understand that. So there's a lot of ways you can do it without spending a lot of money.
1: Yeah. So the best way to help indie bookstores and comic shops is to buy from them. Uh, call them or check their websites to see if they're still selling books. A lot of those still are. Um, a lot of people are doing curbside pickup or they're shipping um, uh, directly to you or from their warehouse, from their, from their shore, from their warehouse. Um, a lot of stores are doing business rem- remotely. Like, for example, in Jackson, Mississippi, Lemuria. Lumer- um, I read about this online, has um, been delivering curbside to buyers uh, and when they bring it out, they bring it out in one of those crazy T-Rex costumes that kind of like flop around when you walk. You know those That's ones? That's hysterical. Like the ones where yes. like you see people running down the street in them in videos and they look insane. Um, so even if your local bookstore isn't delivering in a T-Rex costume, they might be doing curbside. I know um, Mallory, a books- local bookstore here, just started doing curbside. Uh, this week. Stories. Stories just started doing that. I saw they're reopening to do curbside. Yeah. So a lot of places are doing that even you can't you can't browse but you can definitely buy something and they'll drop it off to you or they'll ship it your way.
0: Yeah, I've been ordering uh, bookstore uh, books from a bunch of different bookstores. I've been trying to spread the love around. I ordered some books from our local bookstore, Skylight, um, from Book Moon, which is owned by Kelly Link over in Massachusetts. Uh, Basically, I I would recommend if you have the ability to buy books and you want to do that, like find your local indie bookstore and just look on their website or even call them, see what they're doing. Also, if you're an audiobook listener, you can use a Libro.fm account instead of Audible. Uh, Libro FM is an audiobook service that will donate a portion of the sale of the audiobook you bought to the indie bookstore that you want, which is awesome. Uh, right now, it's actually 100% of the first sales for new members. So you can use the offer code now to get two downloads for the price of one book. Uh, and this is not a sponsorship. We just think this is cool. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. So like that's a, 100% of your first sale. The first thing you buy from them goes to a bookstore. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's really, really cool. Uh, there's a lot of, um, and if, if you're, Bria, I think you brought up a really good point. It's, you know, one of the things we love about going to bookstores is browsing and it's really tough to browse right now, but they all, all you have to do is, I mean, you can listen to Reading Glasses and we, we will recommend books to you, but you can all, just Google or go to Book Riot or go to Lit Hub or Electric Lit and see, you know, lists of, top books that are coming out, most anticipated books. There's a lot of ways to look for books online. Talk to your book friends, see what they're reading. If you there's a myriad of ways to find book recommendations, so don't worry about that.
1: Yeah. And I know you've already heard this and people are saying this about a lot of local businesses, but you can always buy gift cards. Um it's a great way to you can give a gift to someone. If you don't know what if you don't need a book right now, you can use it for later, but the money will go to them right away, which is the great part. Or if you know like You're going to need a bunch of Christmas presents this year or someone's birthday present. I mean, this is just a really good way to to uh, support the bookstore, but without having to actually buy something. You can also donate those gift cards to people in need. So that that could be another way you could support the bookstore and help other people. Yeah,
0: I would like to, he will never, ever talk about this and, and, and never own up to it. So I'm going to do it. One of the things, my boyfriend is a comic book writer and he's been helping out a ton of comic book stores and he donated a bunch of money to uh, a bookstore that he loves called Third Eye Comics and they were using it to, using that money to give to for the pull lists of people who can't get to the store like one person who is a cancer patient couldn't get to the store mm-hmm. and pay for their comics so Jeremy paid for it and made sure that they got their comics like there's a lot of good that if you have the the financial ability to do it there's a lot of good that you can do for both stores indie bookstores comic bookstores, but also readers right now yeah and so also, something that we're really excited about is, is a really cool new way to help bookstores. It's called Bookshop.org, and it's a startup that's trying to be an alternative to Amazon. And what they do is they're they're an online bookstore, but they share proceeds from all their st- sales with indie bookstores. And tons and tons of stores have signed up to be a part of it um, now that a lot of them are shut down. Uh, and so uh, some copy from their website says if you want to find a specific local bookstore to support you can find them on our map and they'll receive a full receive the full profit of your order otherwise your order will contribute to an earnings pool that will be evenly distributed among independent bookstores even though even the ones that don't use bookshop yeah so i i tried this i'm really excited about it um I used, I, I picked one of our local bookstores, Romans, uh, in Pasadena, which is a bookstore that I love. Uh, they have their own little, like, portal, and I ordered two books, and Romans got a portion of those sales, which is super awesome. Yeah, uh, it seems pretty
1: cool. Um, They... They also seem to have eBooks, which is great. Yep. And And um, we just want to let y'all know um, we are an affiliate. Yeah. We should be we should be honest about that. So we have switched over. Yeah, we um, just our tried it out. Um, yeah. So you know, we link to books that we talk about on the show. Um, And so you can go straight from the MaxFun blog or to our show notes, from our show notes. It'll take you to bookshop.org and you can buy them. Um, But we just want to be transparent that we are an affiliate now of them. Um, That does not mean they give us money. We only get money. We get a few pennies. Okay, I'm going to give a quick breakdown
0: for people who want to know how all of this works. So for the past almost three years of this podcast, we have always linked to Indiebound in the show notes for all the books we mention on the show, and if you click that link and you end up buying it through that link, we get a small portion of that. But in the past three years, we have all in all of the money that we've earned from Indiebound in the last three years has never been enough for us to get a check. Yeah. Like, I think it's. I think you have to make like ten dollars or something to get a check. Well, not even. We've earned I think forty dollars altogether, yeah. but it's not even in three years, and that hasn't. We and that money is still sitting at Indiebound. We have never – because it would have to be split with maximum fund and then split between the two of us. So I think in three years, we would have earned maybe like $10 each. Right. So we've never cashed it in. Uh, bookshop.org, I think, is a little bit – we get a little bit more for each book that you buy, and you're, it'll, it'll benefit – whatever indie bookstore you choose, but also other indie bookstores. And the thing that we did, we're also doing is besides linking to each book that we mention on the show, we've created a bookshop store. That's the reading glasses store, and it's books that we recommend. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that we mention, we always link to the books that we're talking about, but we might not necessarily have finished those books or recommended them. People are always asking us for book recommendations, so we made – a, I, I just threw together a list of, uh, you know, books that we've talked about on the past few episodes that we've recommended and put them in there. So if you are looking for books to buy and you are you need some recommendations, you can go in there. We've linked to it on our social medias. We're going to be uh, putting it in the link to, and we're going to link to it in the show notes for this episode. But there'll be two different things. So it'll be in the show notes. There'll always be a list of all the books we talk about, but always now there will be a. Reading glasses, bookshop.org store or books that we absolutely love.
1: Yeah. And, and this is just our way of being transparent to you when you click those links. I mean, you know, we get paid to do ads on the show. We want you to know we also get paid if you do links. And people have at, uh, clicked links. People have asked us uh, how to support us during this time since Mallory and I are both like independent workers um, and neither of us are working right now. Um, uh, and this is a good way. Like if you're looking to buy a book, you can go and use that link if you hear about it on the show. And then some of that money will come to us.
0: Yeah, we're really, we're we're, we're excited. Uh, a book, sh- I, I, I looked at their website. They've already donated almost a million dollars to indie bookstores, which is really exciting. And I mean, the main difference between, besides, you know, moral and ethical differences with Amazon is that, yeah, you're not going to be getting the books that you order from bookshop.org. And there's no prime shipping here. There's no two-day shipping. But also, you're not going to get it on Amazon right now anyways, because books have been deprioritized. So you might be getting them in a few weeks. So you might as well if you're looking for a, if you're an Amazon book buyer and you're looking for a new alternative we're really excited about bookshop.org a lot of indie book I can tell that it's actually a good thing because a lot of indie bookstores are excited about it my agent in my my literary agency is excited about it so if indie if if, if, um, if uh, book publishing professionals are excited about it that makes me feel like this is something that is legit and will be a viable option to compete with Amazon in the future yeah
1: so another app that um, I that we we were looking at online, just to get back to ways to support bookstores, is called Save Your Bookstore. Um, if you're just looking for bookstores in your area, like maybe you don't know what bookstores in your area might be suffering, this is a really good way to find that. Um, you go to saveyourbookstore.com, you download the app, they have a little QR code thing, um, and then you search for your area and it's going to have bookstores and their shipping rates uh, for your area specifically. That's awesome. So if you don't know what your local bookstore is, but you've always wanted to support it and This is like the moment you think you want to do that. That is a great, uh, great uh, resource. Saveyourbookstore.com.
0: Yeah, and I do want to point out, like I said before, I mean, I've bought books from Book Moon, which is Kelly Link's bookstore, and that's in Massachusetts, which is on the other side of the country, just because you don't, if you are in a place that doesn't have a local indie bookstore, which a lot of places don't, you can find one, you know, you can find a place, you know, maybe uh, there's a bookstore that an author that you love works with, there's there's places all over the country, and you don't have to necessarily live near them to support them. Mm Mm-hmm uh and also finally we want to do we we shadowed this out on our isolation book club for uh the, that we did last week that we read the charlie jane Anders novelette uh six months three days and charlie jane is doing this amazing thing right now uh it's, it's hashtag we love bookstores uh, it's a all these different fundraisers to help save local indie bookstores in the Bay area. Uh, We're going to link to it, but there's a ton of upcoming virtual events. Uh, NK Jemison and Rebecca Roanhorse are doing an event to raise money for Borderlands, but there's tons of others. Charlie Jane Anders is a saint in the book world. She's doing so many good things. Uh, So basically these events are on zoom so you can attend them at home like we all are. Yeah. And tickets for them are on a sliding scale from $0 to a hundred. You can pay what, pay what you can um, and you can go for free, but you can also, you know, if you want to pay $5 and just to support your local store, uh, it's a really brilliant idea. There's so many cool ones. I, I I saw um, Alexander Chi, I think did one and there's all kinds of authors from all over the genre spectrum. So if you want to check it out, there's a link in the show notes. There's probably going to be an author that you are interested in seeing speak uh, and it's a great way to, especially if you're in the Bay Area and you want to help out your own local indies, this is an awesome way to do it.
1: Yeah. And y'all know you'd pay five dollars to see N.K. Jemison speak when you'd have to go there. Think about how great it is to watch her speak from your house. That is amazing. Cool. That's uh, I mean, I know that we're all excited about getting back out in public. But part of me is like, I mean, these are kind of cool things I would like to happen all the time that maybe I, maybe they are happening and I have no idea. But I was like, well, this is this is something I would support even not in a quarantine. <laughs> I uh, what's interesting is I saw um,
0: there's a writer that I, I, I follow on Twitter. She was talking about how how cool it is that all these, you know, book events that normally are hard for some people to get to are now doing virtual stuff. And I actually kind of hope that that continues mm-hmm. uh, outside of, you know, this ap- dystopian nightmare that we're in right now. Like, I, I kind of hope that th- this this keeps going or maybe, you know, more events will be live streamed so people have more access to them. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, yeah, it's a pretty scary time in the world of books and authors. Uh, so if you're still able to buy books, there's a lot of ways you can help out. Uh, again, we recommend just like go to go into the website for your local bookstore, see what they're doing. So many bookstores are trying to come up with these new, innovative ways to make money and, and help themselves and help other authors. Um, so just ch- check it out. Check out their social media streams. See what's going on. Uh, you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we answer a recommendation request, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Glassers. MaxFun right now is running a survey to help figure out which advertisers are a good fit for our audience.
1: Yeah, we're still primarily audience supportive and we will always be primarily audience supported, but advertising can be a really helpful source of income, especially right now when everyone's hurting. The results of this survey will help us talk to some new advertisers and convince them to give us a shot. The survey is really short, shouldn't take more than 10 minutes, and you'll get a discount at the MaxFun store for filling it out. Also, we will love you forever. Yes,
0: especially right now, everyone's looking for stuff to do. So in between making bread and playing Animal Crossing, you can do this survey. You just go to MaximumFun.org slash ad survey to fill it out. Ad survey. Okay. Now let's answer a recommendation request. Marie Lee writes in, Every time I try to search for Hispanic sci-fi fantasy authors or books, even if I search in Spanish and at, like, google.com.pr, so it prioritizes results from uh, Puerto Rico slash Latin America, all I come up, up with is works by American-British authors, sometimes other countries, translated to Spanish. I've tried searching through Goodreads as well, even groups with the same results. I'd love to hear if you guys have uh, sci-fi, Hispanic sci-fi fantasy book recommendations. Oh, we have so many for you.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite books last year it, uh, was We Set the Dark on Fire by Taylor K. Mejia. Um, it is like a YA hands, handmaid's tale, um, but it's happening during an active revolution. So you're following people sort of inside this sort of handmaid's tale, horrible universe situation where the women have to, are are being married off to these families. Uh, And I use the term marriage. It's like, it's very, very different in this world. Um, uh, But there's also like a romance at the core, which I really enjoyed. This book, wow, I really like it. I really could, I could suggest it to anyone, but... Um, uh, Mejia is a uh, Latinx sci-fi fantasy author. Um, it is dystopian future worlds. If you have not picked it up, I think everyone should pick this book up. I it really blew me away, and I read it so quickly because I just was like really interested in these in these people's lives. Uh, what do, What do you suggest? Uh, so I actually
0: I, I I just Google Latinx sci-fi fantasy authors, and I found a ton of stuff. Um, so I don't know. What the what the Google issue was uh, for this listener, but there I, I there was like a uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes came to lists on on both Google and Goodreads. Uh, I have a zillion recommendations for this. Uh, I but for fan, I, I did one for fantasy and one for sci-fi. For fantasy, uh, you should try friend and past guest of the show Zerata Cordova's *Labyrinth Lost*. It's the start of a series about witches and it is super fucking good. Uh also if you want sci-fi you can try Malka Older's Infomocracy. Didn't you read this, Priya? I loved Infomocracy. It's great. Yeah, it's, really it's good. The start of it. It's also the start of a series and it's a political sci-fi thriller which might be a little on the nose for right now. Uh to read.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think so. I mean, it's a very it's in a very different Political thriller, for some reason when you say political thriller, I think like somebody's running for president and, and I'm the bodyguard <laughs> trying to help him survive. I don't know why that's a political thriller <laughs> to me. And this, I would not, this is not that. Like this is like, it's set in a very different universe. Um, A very interesting, the world is like, the world building is really cool. Um, Yeah, I don't think, I I mean, yes, I, it is a political thriller and I'm sure it's classified as that. But um, what alters it with the world is... So much better than anything—like, if you were like, it's a political thriller, I'd be like, I'll never read that. But this book is, like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, like, whatever whatever Alter did with the political thriller, like, that's the political thriller I'm going to read.
0: Amazing. Yeah, so I would—I would re- I recommend this listener just Google Latinx sci-fi fantasy
1: authors, and there's a ton of stuff. You know, it's interesting. Also, I find that if you Google—if you do SFF, instead yeah. of written, writing out sci-fi fantasy, I think— for some reason, in the book world, we uh, shorten it. And that like, <laughs> it's like the cool know. book lingo for yeah. cool reader lingo. Yeah. Uh, so you can
0: always send your recommendation request to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Lisa wrote in When placing a hold on Libby, how do you decide if you want to place the hold for the ebook or the audiobook? Sometimes I'll place a hold for the ebook only to then be faced with lots of driving time, which makes me wish I had gone for the audiobook. Conversely, I'll go for the audiobook only to have a free day at home and end up wishing I had the ebook. It's gotten to the point where sometimes I place a hold for both the ebook and the audiobook, but then I feel like I'm wasting one of my holds. I can only make seven holds at my library at a time. Jesus fuck, can you imagine? Oh, Wolf. yeah. I have a bone to pick with this library. Oh. Do either of you ever have this problem? Do you just make a hold for whichever has a less estimated wait time? Bria, what do you do?
1: I—well, can we call this library? Can we make a suggestion for Lisa's library that seven is too call few? Call the police. Because think about it. Like, there's some—someone call the police. This library is only allowing seven holds. Um, because think about <laughs> it. Like, you know, you could be waiting—you could get five books that both have, like—that all have— you know, six eight week hold times. So then you have like, yeah. pst, you know what I mean? Um, and you're stuck. So it is a problem for me. But I am picky about audiobooks. So okay, here here's my method for this. I'm very picky about audiobooks. So I always want an ebook as a backup in case I. I don't like the audio reader, so I want it in both forms. Like I did this week, where I like I was reading, I was listening to uh, The Exorcist, and then decided to go ahead and start reading it because I do kind of want to continue the story. I think I, I like yeah. sometimes at night. I'm like I could start a new story, but I was just listening to this other story during the day. Um, so if I'm going audiobook, sometimes I'll buy. I'll just bite the bullet and like buy the ebook if i'm like wanting to read it at home um which i think lisa could do you know or vice versa if you're like more inclined to want to listen to something later and you don't know you know you could you could check out the ebook and buy the audiobook later if you're like oh i'm just driving a lot you know it's not that much to like you know go ahead and buy it or try to get you know try to get it in that way um i also think this is this comes with this is uh something i would enjoy a lot planning around this um which is to make sure you always have an ebook and an audiobook going so it doesn't matter where the hell you are. So you could be in your car, always be listening to your audiobook or you could be at home and listening to your ebook, but I just think them keep them in two different genres. That's always the problem I have is if I'm listening to a fiction book and I'm reading a fiction book, I sometimes get it a little it, my brain like can't handle it. It sometimes it's can yeah. but but I'm like so you could get a nonfiction ebook to listen to in your car and you know you're going to be able to make make it through that and then like some sort of sci-fi fantasy ebook for reading at home or something like that so they're very yeah. very different um, and then you're reading two books at once i like that um but it that may be too complicated to organize so my suggestion is always like buying the other as a backup but starting with one and then you may just be like oh i am in the car a lot i'm just gonna keep listening uh but if you yeah. are at home you know go ahead and buy it and then and then splice it together that's my suggestion
0: what do you think uh, so you know, I don't have this issue because I never use ebooks, although I will say I'm gonna have to start thinking about stuff like this because now during this pandemic, uh, a lot of publishers are not sending out print co- print copies of arcs mm. they're all, we're only getting ebooks right now uh, I'm getting books to blurb that are only ebooks, and I don't ever read ebooks. So I'm like, ah, what do I do um so I if I was Lisa, I, I think I would probably choose whatever book has the lower wait time. Um, but it sounds like y- Lisa's able to listen to audiobooks in more situations, like as in you can listen to the audiobook while you're driving, but also while at home, but you can't read the ebook when you're driving. You know I what I mean? see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, you, if, if I had the choice, I would go for the audiobook. Uh, and, but I think uh, that Lisa might want to look into an audiobook or an ebook subscription service, especially one that's super cheap. Uh, that way, whichever book you get from the library, you, if you end up wanting it in a different format, you can find it like on Scribd or something, and maybe plan your your library holds around like sales or something. Like if you see um, a book that's like one like a one ninety nine sale on ebook, you can get the audiobook from the library, and then you can have both of them yeah. because you know obviously a lot of us use the library because we don't want to be spending thousands and thousands of year year on books like some of us do, mm-hmm, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, And and it's not always cost uh, effective to get two copies of one book, but I I, I definitely would explore some of like Scribd, Libero FM, like some of the other um, alternatives that are like subscription services or, you know, ways that you can buy a book or get a book for cheap
1: so that you know, yeah. to help supplement this very skimpy library deal. Yeah, I, yeah, so skimpy. Um, I also think, uh, like, I know Audible thinks I'm probably completely a total weirdo because I will subscribe and unsubscribe when I need an, 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 an audio book and I need to finish it because um, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I ran it out. I ran out of it at the library and I'll just, like, subscribe for, like, two days and then unsubscribe just to, like, get that book. But a lot of them will give you free books up front. So it'd be worth worth trying just to see. And if you leave for a while, sometimes they give you an offer to come back. So uh, (laughs) spoiler alert on that. That's a way to kind of game the system a little bit. That's
0: really funny. Uh, so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who are in our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. If you have bought them and you want to show them off, tag us on in, in on Twitter or on Instagram and we will repost it on the Reading Glasses page. And if you want to help the show for free, you can always rate us and. And review us on iTunes. I haven't checked recently. We're probably getting close to a thousand. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It makes us feel really good about ourselves. It makes the show look really fancy. Uh, When people go to check us out on iTunes. And they're like oh my god. This show is almost a thousand reviews. It must be pretty good. Uh, You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks thanks for reading. reading.